back to the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Elisa Ilana Jewelry and ElisaIlana.com. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Welcome back to the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Elisa Ilana Jewelry. Well, you know the song, There Is No Place Like Nebraska. And if you were born here or moved here, you've probably sung it many times. But this story makes you feel and believe it. Jack Hoffman, seven-year-old pediatric brain cancer patient from Atkinson, Nebraska, has won the hearts of Nebraskans in the nation with his 69-yard touchdown at the Husker Red-White Spring Game that ended up being seen by over 8 million people on YouTube. But through his friendship with running back Rex Burkhead, Jack has been a part of the Husker team, and Rex has been a part of Team Jack. And Rex and the Hoffman family just met with President Obama this past week. And Jack's mom and dad, Bree and Andy, join us now as May is Brain Cancer Awareness Month. There is no kid like Jack Hoffman, 69-yard running back. He wears 22, he's a Husker straight through, and we all cheer for Team Jack. Welcome to the show, Bree and Andy. Hi, guys. Thanks. <laughs> Good to have you here. Well, Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Well, you guys have had quite a week. You met with the president earlier this week, and Jack met with Obama first, right? He met with all of us as a group. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, as he was walking out of the Oval Office towards the kind of the breezeway entryway, called out, uh, you know, hey, Jack. And he, he addressed him first, and then he asked Jack, you know, to introduce the rest of the family. So uh-huh. it, was, it was really a neat moment. I bet that was a special moment. So what advice did you give Jack before meeting the president? You know, just to be very respectful uh-huh. uh, and, you know, to address him as Mr. President. Uh, uh-huh. You know, don't refer to him as, you know, Barack Obama or anything like that, you know, and uh-huh. just to be well-behaved and respectful. That was the, the main gist of it. We weren't really that concerned about that, but we thought that would be a good thing to go over. <laughs> Got to give those little reminders. So what did Jack say after meeting with the president? You know, he had uh, been talking about wanting to go to the White House for a long time. It was, mm-hmm. You know, we've been talking about doing a Make-A-Wish trip and stuff, and, mm-hmm. and that was sort of one of his places. And so it was just kind of fortuitous that that whole thing kind of came together. He was super pumped uh, going into it. We let him tell his class on Friday. Okay. Um, he was so excited about that. I think we're probably still even, you know, four or five days later, still kind of in shock. Yeah, I bet you're on a high, sure. Were you surprised that the president was one of the 8 million people that saw the video of the touchdown? He told Jack he saw it on Sports Center. Uh-huh. Um, so I think that was where he first saw it. <laughs> so, you know, very early on after the run, he had told Senator Deb Fisher that, you know, he knew who Jack was and he had saw the run. And so certainly an honor to have the president of the United States know about your son's story for sure. And how did you both feel meeting the president? It was kind of surreal. You know, the whole time I was, I kind of was like, are we really here? Are we really at the White House? It was, uh-huh. just, it, was, it was pretty incredible. Now, Jack's story has received a lot of national attention lately, really raising the awareness of pediatric brain cancer. But let's go back to two years ago when Jack was five and this journey began for you. Take us back to that time. You know, we first uh, met Rex Burkhead in the fall of, of 2011. Just a very dark time kind of in our life. You know, we you know, we had had one brain tumor surgery. We had another one scheduled. We were going to be leaving the state for about 30 days. And so, you know, we reached out to the university, you know, before that second brain tumor surgery. That was really kind of when Jack and, and Rex's relationship began. You know, when we first started out with this new diagnosis, we were just like, I think everybody else, parent-wise, just... You know, day-to-day was such a struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I remember, you know, that first 30 days of the diagnosis, we would 
the next morning we'd go check on Jack and we'd just high-five each other and give each other a hug when he would wake up, you know, because we didn't know what to expect. Or It's really amazing when, you know, we look back to two years ago wondering if Jack would even be with us two years later. Right. And uh, to really, you know, God has blessed us so, you know, richly and deeply that we kind of struggle with that. You know, why are we so, why is Jack so blessed? You know, if you can say that about a kid with a brain tumor, but he is an incredibly blessed child. Mm-hmm. Bree, how have you been able to stay strong for Jack through this time? You know, I think a lot of it is, you know, keeping a good attitude about things. Mm-hmm. You know, I think when you go into, you know, something like chemo or something, you know, like a surgery and, you know, kids are very resilient. They really can pick up on what you're thinking or what you're feeling. And I think as long as you, you know, stay positive and, you know, upbeat and, you know, this is what we have to do, you know, so we have to do some things that we don't like, but, you know, that's the way it is. And that really helps, you know. Jack's the kind of kid that he's kind of a, a pleaser, you know, he'll... He'll do basically, you know, what we ask of him. Uh We're very blessed that way, too. Definitely. um, How is he doing now? He's doing really well, actually. The MRI in April of 2012 showed that the remaining tumor was, in fact, growing. Hmm. So we started um, chemo, the 60 weeks of chemo, and, you know, we're scheduled to be done with that late June. So he's really excited about that. He's counting down the, the treatments. Our latest MRIs have shown that the tumor is, is stable and it actually looks smaller than when we started chemo. So okay. that's definitely a um, positive. Yeah, thing. it's been that's been a great result. So mm-hmm. we're thankful for that. Now, Andy, how have you and Bree personally changed in the last two years? I think uh, it, it's been interesting. You know, my wife. You know, Bree was a you know a full time pharmacy manager, and and I was a you know full time busy law practice. And you know, once Jack got sick, she's concentrated in you know, her career to to be a stay-at-home mom and to help care for Jack and, mm-hmm. and take care of him. And my practices, you know, I had to kind of, you know, slow down substantially. And so career-wise, it's, it, our life has kind of taken a different path, but definitely for the better. You know, we're, we spend a lot of time together as a family. Um, we learn how to savor the flavor of each and every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's been a real blessing um, just, you know, on how to live your life and how to live it better. You know, once upon a time, you know, I had all these wild career ambitions and goals and things like that and it's kind of evolved into this uh this role as a as a childhood cancer advocate if you will mm-hmm. yes. and uh Bree and I talk a lot it almost kind of feels like a calling you know right. that this is maybe something that that uh, God wants us to do and so you know Jack's had all these blessings and it's just you know really important to us that we do the right thing with those blessings and use those um you know, for the most amount of good. And that's really what we're, we're trying to focus on, I guess. Now, Andy, you're right, because you have found yourself kind of as a spokesperson for pediatric brain cancer, and there has been a lot of national attention on Jack and your family, and you have gotten out there and raised awareness for it. Now, when you look back at maybe things you did in your law practice or earlier in your life, do you feel like some of those things have prepared you for this time? Yeah, no question. You know, I mean, I've uh, made my living as an advocate for about the past 10 years. And so I can't think of something that I can more passionately advocate for than than pediatric brain cancer and all childhood cancers. 650 kids a year are diagnosed with neuroblastoma, 3,000 kids a year are diagnosed with brain tumors. And I didn't have any clue or knowledge of this until Jack got sick. And I'm kind of embarrassed by that. And so we want to do what we can to create awareness for pediatric brain cancer and all childhood cancers so that we can move the ball forward as a society and start 
getting some real cures for these diseases. Roughly 30 to 35 percent of all children who get a brain tumor are going to die from their disease, and that is unacceptable to me, and it should be unacceptable to our society. Yes. Now, Bree, can you also see how your history in pharmaceuticals and maybe some of the other things that you did has helped you also in the advocacy? Oh, definitely. You know, just kind of having an understanding of, of medicine in general. I mean, your kid gets diagnosed with a pediatric brain tumor, you do, uh, you do, you start doing a lot of research. Uh-huh. So it's kind of nice to have, you know, a, uh, you know, a basic knowledge level, you know, before we started, but. And the vocabulary too. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, it's definitely helped. And, you know, Andy has done a great job, you know, researching. He has done a lot of research on brain tumors and, um, you know, treatments and doctors and basically everything about it. So definitely, um, I definitely prepared him, especially too, to be a, a good advocate. Yes. Now, I read this somewhere. I'm not sure if it's true. Some of the testing for maybe brain cancer or maybe some of the treatment or care hasn't changed a lot? According to CureSearch, half of all childhood cancer therapies are over 25 years old. And that's for all childhood cancers. Half of them are over 25 years old. The first line brain cancer treatment, you know, that Jack is taking um, has been around since 1985. Wow. You know, that's the thing about, uh, about brain tumors is that the treatment methods um, are archaic. Yes. And they're very, very invasive. I mean, you know, a neurosurgeon's got to go deep in the brain, and, and they're in a very delicate part of the body. And uh, a lot of times, you know, there's kids that are walking around cancer-free, but they're essentially like a traumatic brain injury patient because of all the injury that they sustained during surgery. And, and it, was, it was necessary, though. You right. know, it wasn't a bad surgery. It was just necessary. Now, thankfully, Jack is doing great, and he hasn't had some of those kinds of side effects. Wow. And so, you know, this is a disease that we ought to be able to treat with a pill. Our goal someday is that you can you can give them a pill and that it's a you know chemically engineered targeted medication that can you know either kill or shrink the tumor. Mm-hmm. I mean that's that's where we need to head as a society. You know that might sound overly optimistic, but you know that's where we're going to be. Uh-huh. Just right there, you can see how advocacy is totally needed. Yeah, the whole Husker thing came about because of Jack's hero worship for Rex Burkhead, and they met and it turned into a true friendship. Rarely do our heroes live up to their status, but I think in Jack and Rex's case, Rex really, truly is a hero in all of this. Rex is a remarkable, remarkable young man. You know, I wish everybody had the opportunity to meet him because he is, you know, he's better than what the writers write about even. Uh, not only did he tell Jack, hey, I'm going to wear your wristband during games, and then he, and he followed through with that and did that, but he perpetuated the relationship. He followed up with Jack you know, before his surgery, he followed up with him after surgery. Once Jack got back from surgery, he invited him down to a game. You know, he turned what was supposed to be a 10 or 15-minute sick child visit into a lifetime friendship. Mm-hmm. That just says a lot about Rex. And the other part of the story is that Rex calls Jack his hero and said that Jack, in that uh, biggest comeback in Nebraska history against Ohio State, Rex basically said that Jack inspired that. That was incredible. I mean, it's incredible to hear Rex talk like that. You know, and I think it just, again, speaks a lot about the kind of person he is and the kind of character he is. The beautiful part about the relationship is, you know, it not only was it Jack and Rex, but then it evolved into the Burkhead family and our family. But then it evolved even further, which was into this, you know, national awareness campaign Mm -hmm. through him winning the Rare Disease Champion Award and getting involved with uplifting athletes. It's been, you know, unbelievable for our family. You know, the thing that sometimes gets lost in all of this is, you know, Rex wore a wristband that said Team Jack Pray. And the prayer support that he brought to Jack, you know, by bringing attention to Jack's fight, 
you know, we had hundreds of thousands of people praying for Jack when he needed the prayers the most in life. And the prayer team just keeps growing. And so, you know, it's fun to talk about the relationship and, and all the other aspects of, of what's going on. But, you know, that's really uh, been, a, been an important uh, part of our journey is just the prayer support that Rex has, has brought along with all of this. How would you say that your faith has changed over the past couple of years? I'm going to let Bree answer that one. <laughs> You know, one way I think it's changed in that is that I think we a lot of times think that we're in, in control of everything. You know, we were kind of living in the in the fast lane, you know, kind of just, uh, you know, everybody gets busy and you kind of mm-hmm. forget about what's really important. And then something like this happens and you realize just how much you're not in control and that it's God that's in control, you know. And like Andy said, the prayer support was incredible. You know, we're out in Boston for Jack's second surgery and it's very, it's very scary. And, um, you know, we're getting all these messages about, you know, people that are that are praying for Jack, and um, that is very um, comforting, very uplifting. You know, I, I think people probably will never realize how much um, that meant to our family. Uh-huh. And it's amazing how you really do feel the prayers and you feel the support of people who are on your team, really. Absolutely. Yeah. We could, we, we talked about that. We could feel people praying for us. Largely, our prayer supporters are back in Nebraska, you know, but uh, <laughs> we could feel them from Boston. It travels so. a long distance. <laughs> it does. It does. It was pretty awesome. Before Jack has to do maybe a chemo treatment or going into surgery, what do you tell him? He now is old enough to understand what's going on. You know, okay. he knows when we go in for an MRI, he knows what we're, he knows we want the tumor to be the same or shrinking and um, he hates it you know and he doesn't like it he doesn't want to do it but you know we just kind of gently remind him that you know sometimes we have to do stuff we don't want to do I know you don't like it but um, this is what we have to do so you don't have any more seizures he kind of connects all the two together and he really um, did not like having the seizures you know so he's really able to to relate to that that he's a he's a good obedient kid so you know usually after we give him a little encouragement that's all those prayers yeah, exactly. It is. It is. It really is. I mean, his main complaint when he, when he had the two surgeries and um, he does not like catheters. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Who does? <laughs> <laughs> Out of everything, that was his main complaint. That was, right. That's been the main one. Uh-huh. <laughs> Can't blame him for that one. Now, Rex was drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals. Will there be trips to Cincy now? Uh, there, there's cert- there is certain to be some. We haven't uh-huh. discussed the when and, and the where and, and that kind of thing. That's great. Well, you're listening to the Mulberry Lane Show. We're here chatting with Bree and Andy Hoffman, parents of Nebraska's favorite seven-year-old running back, Jack Hoffman. Andy, I have a question for you. Before Jack's 69-yard touchdown, you were not the advocate. You were the coach. So what did you tell Jack before he ran the football? I think I was more nervous than he was. <laughs> I was I was a wreck on the sideline. You know, we were um, up in the booth at halftime, and I was going through, you know, football stance. I was pointing out the goal line, you know, make sure you don't stop running until you get past the goal line. I was pointing out, <laughs> don't run out of bounds. You know, I was cinching up his shoelaces, you know, and, and I just – I was so worried about just the basic things, you know, falling, running the wrong way, running out of bounds. <laughs> Not scoring a touchdown. And so, you know, before Jack took the field, I grabbed Taylor Martinez and I said, be prepared for him to go the wrong way. (laughs) And uh, sure enough, he kind of stepped left and then he got squared away. When Taylor got back on the sideline, 
he told me, he says, hey, thanks for giving me a heads up because I would, I might not have been ready otherwise. <laughs> you know your son. <laughs> yeah. Well, he just had this big deer in the headlights look, and I could just tell, you know, he was, it was maybe not all sinking in. So, <laughs> Well, you know, that's, that stadium's so huge and all the people and the noise. You know, we've done national anthems at big places, but it is really overwhelming. It's intimidating. I can't, yeah. I can't imagine what it would be like to suit up and run a touchdown. The field. <laughs> And Bree, what went through your head when you watched? You know, I was really nervous too. I saw him looking around at all the fans, and I thought, "Oh no, what is going <laughs> What is going to happen?" But uh, I, uh, I'm the same way. I was just proud that he even uh, that he even tried it. You know? Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> we want to talk a little bit about where people can learn more about pediatric brain cancer, and where can they donate? You know, there's a number of uh, foundations online, and we would encourage anybody, you know, to to go to any foundation. We've started a foundation as well. It's called the Team Jack Foundation, uh, www.teamjackfoundation.org. Um, there's a donate button there, and they can make a donation, or they can go to the store and purchase you know, a T-shirt or a wristband or a baseball cap, and we're going to be adding some other products as well here uh, during the month of May. Great. You know, the net profits from the sale of those items will also help support pediatric brain cancer research. And so there's, you know, any number, you know, options. Obviously, the, you know, a straight donation would be great. But, you know, anybody that purchases a, an item is also making a donation. And so we just really appreciate the support, certainly. Wonderful. And there's also Team Jack on Facebook. That's right. Yeah, we, you know, keep people up to date with, you know, various news stories and happenings with Jack personally and things like that. Before all this recent coverage, so to speak, you know, and we're trying to get back into it. You know, we're really trying to share the stories of other courageous families that have other cancer battles and fights because, you know, our hope is that other families could have the same kinds of support that Jack has had because they deserve it. And so that's something, you know, long-term that we're really committed to is trying to help bring as many families along for the ride as we, as we can. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, Jack also has some trading cards, right? <laughs> that was not our idea. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Upper Deck um, out of uh, Carlsbad, California, heard about the story, and then they were approached by Prep to Pro Sports from Norfolk, Nebraska, about doing a, uh, a rookie sports card for Jack. And uh, we, you know, my wife and I talked about it, and our thought was, we'll do it. That's great, but you know, you have to do it in a manner which helps us create national awareness for pediatric brain cancer. We didn't just want to, you know. And so I was really proud of how Upper Deck. When they did their card release, they did it in such a manner that they said, we're doing this not to honor Jack necessarily, but to help the family raise national awareness for pediatric brain cancer. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what we've tried to do all along with mm-hmm. all of this stuff. You know, every media invite, every interview, we, we ask ourselves, okay, and we even ask the producers, okay, we want to we use this as an opportunity to help raise awareness, not just tell the story. And mm-hmm. so that was what we tried to do with the trading card as well. Uh That is so awesome. You're spreading the love. We have a topic every week on the Mulberry Lane Show, and our topic this week just happens to be gratitude. So we want to hear from both of you. What are you most in gratitude for right now at this point in your lives? Oh, so many, so many things. Where do we start? (laughs) Yeah. I would say, first of all, we're thankful for all our children's health, you know, especially right now that Jack is here with us and he's doing well and he's able to go to school. You know, I would, I'm especially thankful for all the people that have been praying for our family and praying for Jack. And um, 
I'm also thankful for um, all the opportunities that we've had to bring awareness to this disease. There's so many families out there that would um, give anything, you know, to be able to help people, you know, become aware of their disease, you know, because they've, they've lost um, children, you know, to brain cancer or, you know, other types of cancer. And we feel very blessed to have the opportunities to bring the awareness and just hope that we're using those opportunities in the right way. Wow. And Andy, what about you? Uh, ditto. I don't think I could say it any better. Um, <laughs> I, you know, our heart overflows with gratitude for so many people. I would hate to start naming people just because there's so many wonderful people. You know, obviously we're, you know, where it probably all begins and ends is, you know, with, uh, with, with Jesus and all the blessings that he's given, given our family and given Jack mm-hmm. um, in particular, just the gift of life and the gift to be able to maximize and and, and let tomorrow worry about itself. And that's probably the thing that I'm most thankful for is just that, that re, uh, realization on how to live your life. And that's something that is kind of a struggle, especially recently, but it's at the root of it. That's the thing that I think has been the, the real blessing, I guess. Yes. And that's such a great message to share. Bree and Andy, we want to thank you so much for calling in today and your inspiration. And again, you know, raising that awareness for pediatric brain cancer you're doing it in such a unique and special way that and giving way yes that i don't think very many people could do it like you're doing it so we are all blessed that you are doing this well that's very kind of you thank you all right and thank you and uh, we'll catch up with you guys down the road and you'll be in our prayers as well thank you we really appreciate that okay. thanks for having us you're absolutely welcome. thank you bye 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 outstanding family well, stay with us. We'll be right back with Danielle Bergio, Hollywood stunt woman. You're listening to the Mulberry Lane Show.